All right, we're back here on Off Topic. Uh, joining me now, uh, one of the probably the best guys I've ever met uh, covering the NFL. His this, his name is Jonathan Casillas, former Saint, former Patriot, former Giant. Uh, JC, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, no, thanks for giving me a few minutes. Uh, dude, dude, there's a lot of layers to you, and that's one of the things I always uh, felt that was awesome about you when I was covering the Giants. You never shunned away from a reporter. You always answered every question. You went into detail, and you're so knowledgeable about the game. Uh, where did you learn your presence as far as talking with the media? Well, I don't think it's something that, um, you know, you just happen one day, wake up, you know, and be like, oh, man, I'm good with the media, you know, or, you know, I'm good talking, you know, it's, uh, it's done over time. And, you know, I've always had a, a, you know, a thing for communicating with people in general, you know, and I understand the media, you know, in, in its own right, you know, you guys put out what you want, you know what I mean? And I feel like the vibe you get from a player or a person, that's what you put out, you know? So I always try to put out good energy. You know, I, I love to speak. I love to talk. And, you know, if I have any perspective that I can give anyone um, with, with that in regards to football or training or, you know, what have you, um, you know, I'll try to do that. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to share. I'm not trying to hold any information inside. You know, I, I like to share, you know? Well, definitely. And I also remember, you know, you and I spoke about this back at, I think, one of the bowling events, too. You being a veteran in the locker room, you always tell the guys to follow that example of the veterans. I, I know we had that type of conversation. What was some of the best advice that you've given some younger players as far as the media has been concerned? Well, don't do anything emotional. You know, don't say anything emotional. Um, you know, always think about the question first. You know, so I always tell them, you know, after a game, and they, they tell us this, you know, the NFL I think does a good job in kind of giving us some guidelines, do's and don'ts and tips, you know, in regards to media. But I think one of the best things that you can tell a younger guy is, you know, just don't speak out of emotion or don't speak out of, um, you know, something happens and you want to, you know, say something right away. You know, gather your thoughts first and put it out there because at the end of the day, you know, once it's, you know, once you say it and once it's written down, you know, you can't take it back, you know, and, and that's how some people get in trouble. Um, you know, I think Cam Newton said some things emotionally, um, you know, and, and that, that cost him, you know, and uh, it, it sucks because being in, you know, playing for the Giants the last three years, it's the media capital uh, of, of the world, you know, and um, literally everything you say is under a microscope. And, um, you know, you got to really be careful about what you say, and what you put out there and, you know, what image and what thoughts other people have of you about what you say. Do you think that scares people away from coming to New York a little bit? Is the media a criticism? Because you're right. It is a microscope that goes on you guys as players that if one little slip up can cause a major uh, avalanche in that situation. Do you think that shies people away from wanting to sign with a New York team? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, it's so many more benefits playing in New York than, you know, just being a little, the media being a little too daunting, you know what I mean? Um, I think there's so many benefits by being here. Um, you know, me personally being a Jersey guy, you know, that was a, <laughs> a great thing, me being home, you know. But, um, you know, I think it's too many positives to look at it to say, I don't know if I want to do it because of the media attention or, you know, the, the I guess, the lack of privacy that you have when you're in New York. No, that's very fair, very fair point. Now, JC, you're very big in the community. Uh, from everywhere you've gone, uh, you're very big with foundations and your camps. Talk to me about your camp. I know you just had it this past Saturday. Let the audience know a little bit about what you do in the community. Well, so my camp uh, this past year was last Saturday, June 9th, 
at New Brunswick Middle School, which was actually my old high school. Uh, it's been going for five years. This year was the fifth annual one. And, um, you know, this year was the first year I didn't use a third party. Um, you know, I kind of did it on my own. I created my own board and, um, you know, it ended up being the best one yet. So basically what we have is uh, it's an all-day affair. Uh, kids get there at 7.30, 8 o'clock is registration. And uh, basically for the first two or three hours, they're sitting in classrooms where uh, you got people like myself. Um, we had Demetria McKinney. She's a singer and actress. Um, and also D.A.R.E. cops come in. And as we have six life skills courses that we offer to these kids, um, mine is like the, the, the life of a football player, but it's more like an open forum, uh, open conversation where I talk to, to, to them. Uh, I share things about, you know, how I developed who I, who I am as a person, as a football player, and, you know, speaking to things like getting better every day and respecting others and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, Demetria McKinney, she did transferable life skills, you know, kind of, um, you know, giving them a little something, what, you know, how she got to her success. And um, then we have the D.A.R.E. cops come in, uh, speaking of, um, you know, basically police interactions and drug awareness. And then um, uh, we had other speakers as well. Uh, social media is one. Cyberbullying is another one. And um, and also, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think. Oh, oh yeah, like uh, high school and college readiness. We offered a camp for from incoming sixth to twelfth graders, and that's that's the that's the meat of it. You know, it's a football camp, but I haven't even said anything about football yet. You know, so that's the great thing about my camp. It's a little bit different than your typical camp where we actually, you know, go above and beyond. And you know, it's a free camp, sh- free shirt, free shorts, um, free prizes. I mean, you know, we giving out. Um, you know, hot meals, two hot meals a day. And they had Filippo's Pizzeria in New Brunswick actually uh, gave us 50 pies. Uh, we surprised the kids basically after the camp and gave everybody pizza. Um, you know, so it was, uh, it was a community affair and everybody came through. Malcolm Jenkins, um, you know, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion and, you know, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, he came by. Evan Ingram came by. Darian Thompson came by. Olivier Vernon from the Giants. So, it was um it was a great turnout. The kids enjoyed themselves. Got nothing but great feedback since then, and um you know we're going to continue to do it whether I'm playing ball or not. Well, talk about the the brotherhood there of your your teammates coming down to help you with the with the camp. How much does it mean to you knowing that those are your brothers in arms and they're coming down to support you and give you all the help that you need in that situation? Oh, it means everything. You know, it's not New Brunswick is not that close to the East Rutherford area where we play at. Most guys kind of, you know, live in that area or even north of there, which would put you even further away from New Brunswick. Um, so guys made the, you know, 45, 50-minute 50, 50 hike down to New Brunswick, and um, yeah, that means a lot. You know, it's uh, Saturday morning. It was early. You know, some guys came out earlier than others. And, um, you know, it definitely means a lot, and I think that, that says a lot about, you know, the camaraderie and, and, and what these guys stand for. You know, um, everybody individually does their own thing. Some guys have camps. Um, you know, some guys have foundations, but, you know, everybody try to be charitable. And uh, this is the time to do it. You know, summer's, summer's uh, you know, approaching very soon. The weather's getting good. And, you know, um, a lot of guys like myself, Bitsy Cruz had this, a camp the same day. Um, Malcolm Jenkins' camp is next week, and I'll be going there. Um, you know, I, if Victor's wasn't on the same day as mine, I would have went. I went last year, you know. So, you know, it's, it's a brotherhood, and, you know, we all try to give back. You know, we all got kids, and you know what I mean? Like, we all got kids and families, and we're just trying to do the right thing. And, um, you know, people trying to support each other, and we all do it for good reasons. And it's always about the kids. You know, so when, when it's like, oh, I got a camp for kids, it's always like, let me just check my schedule. If I'm free, I'll come by. You know, that's kind of that's what it is. And, you know, I, I 
tip my hat to the guys that came through to my camp. And, you know, it's funny you say that too. And it's how important knowing that the opportunity you guys have as players and have that notoriety to give back. Because there's some guys who don't have foundations. There's some guys who don't get as involved as others. Whereas there's guys like yourself and, you know, there's so many guys in this league who have their own charities who are very committed to it. How important is it to pass the message on to some of the younger guys to get involved and important to use the notoriety you guys have in this situation? Well, I believe it's, you know, it helps cement your legacy. You know, what, what are you passing down? You know, what type of person uh, will you be remembered for? You know, everybody, um, of course, we're going to be remembered for our accolades. You know, people who can, you know, the numbers, you can open up the book and look at it. But, you know, um, word of mouth and, you know, how people talk about me, um, that's that's what I care about, you know. Um, you know, and I try to, you know, put on a good uh, representation of who I am and who made me who I am. You know, it's not just me out there, but, you know, it's who I call, you know, my mom and, you know, people that help raise me. And, you know, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a, it's a microscope of, of who they are as well, you know. So I try to, I try to do right and I try to spread it to others. Um, because it's not just about being a football player. It's about, you know, being, of course, being blessed with this opportunity to really take care of your family um, for, you know, anywhere from, you know, one year to nine, ten years like myself. And um, the football, the, the game of football has a lot for you if you take advantage of it. You know, and I feel like one of the main things is, is the platform that they put us on, um, you know, so we can make change, we can help, we can give back and, good thing this year you know with with the kneeling um you know it it did kind of you know stir up the pot a little bit with how people see the nfl but the main thing was from kaepernick's whole first reason of doing it is that he wanted to get people in the conversation and that's what we've been doing and um malcolm jenkins is doing so many good things and um you know uh social reform and injustices that that we faced on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I, nothing but respect for Malcolm. I've known him for a very long time. And, you know, I told him I really appreciate him coming to my camp. And, you know, just him being there and what he's all about, you know, is, um, you know, I, like we're the same age and we're from the same area. But, you know, we were rivals, you know, all our careers. Then we played on the same Super Bowl winning team together. So, you know, I have a lot of respect and, um, you know, and I care about the guy a lot. Just, not just because of our relationship, but who he has, who he is as a person, and what he tries to do to make change. And um, you know, I think people could take lessons from that. We're here with Jonathan Casillas, uh, former Giant, former Saint, former Patriot. Now, talk about the two, the Super Bowls. You know, you've you've been blessed to be in a situation where you're, you're a Super Bowl champion. Talk about that feeling because a lot of people don't understand the amount of dedication the NFL players put in to start. Like they understand you guys have practice every single day and the effort that you guys put in, but about the detail about the hours in the weight room during the off season, it's just not, you guys show up to training camp and go. It's, it's a process from when the Super Bowl ends all the way till the end of the next season. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, uh, the two Super Bowl years I had, um, you know, those are, those are special years, you know, and, um, I've been in the league nine years. I played nine years, and and I've been on you know four different teams, and I've had different feelings of how the year progresses, and you know mostly every year if you're a confident player, I don't care what type of um, team um, everybody else thinks you have, but you know if you have the right mindset, you're going to think your team is the best team in the league in the beginning of the year, you know because you like look we 
done made these off-season moves, and me being a free agent, they brought me in. So we're, you know, we're we're going in the right direction. You know, quarterback had a good year the last year. You know, so you're always very confident going into the year. And as the year progresses, I'm a realist. You know, I'm, I don't call myself an optimist or a pessimist person. I'm a realist. You know, I don't I don't talk down to myself or or um, you know I don't talk negatively. But I do see it for what it is. You know, I remember when I was playing for Tampa Bay, for example. Halfway through the year, you know, we didn't have any wins. And Seattle's talking about, we're still a good team. I'm like, Greg, look, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. We're, there's no way you could call us a good team at 0-6. You know, like, I think you should stop calling us a good team and start calling us a bad team because we're bad. And we have to improve. We have to improve every game. Because this is, we're, we're definitely not a good team, you know. But, you know, you got to be real. you got to see it for what it is. And, um, you know, those years I had, it was a, it was special years. And uh, it was some luck involved. You know, the ball bounces the right way. And it's not a fluke, though. You know, the ball bounces the right way because you got guys flying to the ball. You know, you got guys, you know, really hustling. And then, you know, the ball bounces the right way to guys on offense because you guys – got hustling finishing runs you got guys hustling finishing blocks quarterback is very detailed in what he's doing and it has to be for 16 games throughout the regular season and then of course you you have the uh, postseason as well and it's just very hard to stay consistent and really win really win not not just a game but really win every play and when it comes down to these the super bowls um you know philadelphia versus um new england um, every New England Super Bowl, you know, it's all about the details. You know, one play changed the last game. You know, I feel like the last time when they played Atlanta, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, and this is my, my brother, and I'm a very biased when it comes to this. You know, Dante Hightower changed that game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was one play, you know, but it's, it's, not, it's not always one play. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a play, it's, you know, a game is 120 plays or, you know, 140 plays, whatever it is. It's every play, but then it's that one particular play where the champions were the guys who you know put in that sweat and that tears and really and believe it and it's, it's a unit it's a unit together but ended up being one play every year that kind of turns the tide of the game you know the catch from julian edelman as well went back to my super bowl year with uh new orleans um the interception by uh, uh tracy porter and also the onside kick that i helped recover you know what i mean but it's not a fluke you know what I mean? Like, it's not like Tracy Porter didn't intercept Peyton Manning. It wasn't a fluke. You know, he'd been doing that all year. He's been having a great year. You know what I mean? Like, everything has to go through fruition throughout the whole entire year. And the Giants, we struggled with that last year. Um, you know, we didn't start out well, and then we had a rash of injuries, and we were really trying to struggle to find our identity. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's every year it go is in and out, and that's what makes the NFL so special because you really never know – you know, who's going to make it? I mean, besides the Patriots, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I have to ask the question, too, about the Giants from last year. Because uh, you know, I think everything – let's 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 go back. The year Tom Coughlin's last year, um, the following season, I remember you being on the podium at training camp. And the, they asked you about the fact that you guys struggled defensively, and you kept on saying that was last season. Let's start focusing on this year. But taking a right. quick step back – to, to last season, uh, coming off an 11-5 season where, like you said, the ball bounced certain times where you won some close games that you didn't win the year before. And then 
the rash of injuries going on. You got hurt. You know, Odell got hurt. Um, you know, Shep was in and out of the lineup. Brandon Marshall went down. There was just a lot of different things. And it just seemed like it was one thing after another. Was that team last year really a three and thirteen team, or was it just it was just the ball was bouncing the other way just way too many times in that situation? Oh man, Yo, last year was tough, man, and, and it sucked when I got hurt and I ended up going to IR. Just you know, watching and you know they got a couple more wins at the end of the year. Um, you know, you never want to see you know your teammates go through that. Um, but you know, I, I don't want to say we weren't a three and thirteen team because you know we were. Um, you know, but I, I think last year that was basically like uh, if you ever had a team implode, I think that's what we did. I think we imploded. I think we we exploded from inside, and it was like a whole bunch of little small things at first, and then it blew up. You know, the Eli Apple uh, situation. Um, you know, the the rash of injuries, like, you know, the mix and knacks here and there, but we had four receivers go down in one game. Like, <laughs> what is that? That is crazy. That's, ne- that's never, never been happy. Been that. I've never seen that happen you know, before. So it was like, it was like uh, I mean, it was an implosion on all different levels. And then um, and then McAdoo benched uh, Eli. And I'm like, McAdoo, I love you, but why? <laughs> no. And then, of course, I mean, the media tore them apart, just really tore them apart. And, I mean, there's really nothing else, you know, Mara could have done. You know what I mean? He, he had to do that. I, I I feel like he had to do it. And I, and I hate playing, you know, but like I said, I think I'm a realist, man, and I love McAdoo. And to this day, I think McAdoo is the most, um, maybe I want to say not sensitive, um, the most empathetic coach I've ever been around. He shows empathy for everyone, and I think that kind of maybe even hurt him a little bit on the back end. You know what I mean? I don't feel like he he punished some guys like he probably should have. Eli Apple should have been suspended earlier in the year. He should have been been suspended. You know what I mean? And it would have helped his the outcome of what happened later on. You know what I mean? It, it just snowballed and it, and it ended up affecting other guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I feel like. The great characteristics of our head coach, I feel like, was his downfall, you know, um, especially in New York. And I think, I think McAdoo was reading the press clippings. I really do. You know, they tell us not us not to read them, but I think he did. I think he felt a lot of pressure. But Tom Coughlin, growing up in New Jersey, Tom Coughlin had that pressure on him every year. Every year, Tom Coughlin was on a hot seat, even after the years they won a Super Bowl. Even the years they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was in the hot seat. I remember growing up, Tom Coughlin was always on the hot seat. But then I'm like, dang, the Giants don't want a Super Bowl again. <laughs> you know, so, um, but you got to do things. I think he made a, a really a really poor decision in benching Eli. Um, and I think it was out of, um, of panic. I think he panicked a little bit. And uh, I don't think he deserved what he got at the, the send-off. Um, you know, we didn't even get to speak to him. He didn't get to say anything to nobody. You know, it was we show up the next day, our head coach is gone. That's it. He's done. And that I, I think that that sucks. You know, I think if that's part of the business, that part of the business freaking sucks. That really does. Because he really cared about his team. He really cared about us. And he showed that. And the reason why I said he showed that because he texted me when things were going on in my life where – you know, um, it was something I had with my daughter, 
He was like, oh, um, you know, I got, oh, my daughter was graduating or something. He was like, oh, you know, uh, congratulations to your daughter graduating. And then I had a procedure done. He's like, hey, JC, I know you had a procedure just reaching out, you know, making sure everything's going, you know, going good. After the season ended, he sent me this long message. And, and I'm like, man, this dude, he's such a great dude. You know what I mean? He's such a good dude. Like, I love McAdoo as, as a guy, as a man, like, you know what I mean? Like, as a coach, you know, and, and uh, I think um, it, uh, it, the, the Giants, we, we imploded last year. It was a lot to do with him, and it was a lot to do with the players. You know, it was uh, it wasn't one or the other. It was uh, all of us together. We all, we all did it together. The Eli Manning situation. I have to ask that. I'm really not a really big person about asking about asking players about other players. I always find that to be like mm-hmm. insulting to the, the the interview thing. But Eli has been here and with this organization for so long. Do you think you know? Like you said, McAdoo is a players' coach. You talk to all the players; they love him. If the was the situation that got everybody upset more that he benched Eli for Geno Smith, or was it more that he was benching Eli? I think it was the whole Geno Smith. You know, and the reason why I say that because it's like, do you think that you're going to put anyone else in right now and they're going to do a better job than Eli Manning? I don't think that was the whole thought process behind it. You know what I mean? Because really, come on, we're going to put not even. Um, you know, not even um, uh, damn. What's the kid's name? Like, <laughs> um, Davis. Uh, yeah, Davis. Yeah. So Webb. So the, we don't think Davis Webb was going to do a better job than Eli, right? I've been talking about just us as you know, non-head coaches. You know, not this is not our job to do these things. Um, so we get to you know be opinionated about it, right? Um, we don't. We're not going to. You know, Davis Webb would have played. It's not because we thought he was doing a better job. It's because like, we're going to pass the torch to him, right? right. So that would have been acceptable. That would have been acceptable. All right, kid, we are, you're our future. Go out there, see what you can do. But I don't think that's about Gino at all, right? Well, <laughs> you he... know, that's not the feeling, you know? So it's like you bench our starting quarterback who's played for so long because of his poor play to punish him? You know what I mean? Like, that's not... Well, well, the the comment that got us all riled up was when he said Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win, and that was the part that got everybody confused. We're just like, if you were to transition to see what Davis Webb was going to do, that was one thing, but Geno right. is giving you the best chance to win. We're not, we weren't understanding it, and I think that was the line that was the the straw that broke that the camel's it, back. Huh? That was it. Right. So, um. I, got, I have to ask a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, before I jump into the NBA stuff, because I know that you are a big NBA fan as well, what is the next step for you? Are, I know, I know, um, it's it's a little life after football. When when you decide you want to hang it up, would you ever consider going into broadcasting? I considered it. Um, you know, people always tell me they say, "Hey, man, you might want to consider going into it." So I definitely considered it, um, but. I don't know if that's right away or or what. You know, I'm not not really too sure how I'm going to handle the broadcasting thing. Um, I was supposed to do the broadcasting thing this year, the um, the boot camp that the NFL puts on every year. And um, I did the business one, the one I was out in Ann Arbor back in February. And uh, that was great. And I've actually been doing different things, um, you know, outside of football, 
you know, try to really figure out what I love, what I what I have a passion for, and um, I'm not going to really discuss too many things. No, no. You're... But you know, fit, fit, fitness is one of them, and of course, I you know I went to school to do uh, for business management, so um, you know, running my own business is something I definitely want to do, and um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I have a lot of a lot. I have a strong network, and that's the great thing about you know playing for different teams that I got a you know a different network of people not just like New York or the Saints, you know what I mean? I kind of got a combination of, of everywhere I've been at. And, um, you know, I'm getting some real good guidance and advice from, from guys that played a long time in the league. Um, Steven Tullock uh, is a guy I met at the business um, linebacker. You know, he played for, I think, 11 years. Uh, I, I, I formally met him at the uh, business, ex, uh, the business um, academy in Michigan. And we spoke, and I was just picking his brain about what he did you know, as he as he retired and his foundation, and also one of the guys I, I really look up to, who's, who's my mentor, is Jonathan Vilma. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I've been picking his brain about you know his business ventures and what he's been doing. You know, so um, it, it it sucks because you know playing football basically for the last 17, 18 years, and being a professional, you know, I really focused hard on ball and my body, and then also being a dad the last six years of my kids. So I really had, I really didn't focus on anything else. So now that it comes to, you know, learning about um, what I'm interested in and what I'm planning on doing, you know, it's a learning curve, which is always fine. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if I would have thought earlier in my career about post-football, I think the transition, it would have never even been a transition. It would just be like, all right, now I'm done with this. I'll just continue this full-time. You know, so now it's like I'm in that transitional period. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I'm I'm very much enjoying it. I really miss being around the guys, um, the Giants. I love I love those guys at the Giants. I really miss that part, and I do love football still. So I miss the football part. But the football part is September. You know what I mean? Like football part that I miss is September. I miss the games. Practices are okay, but you know, practice is practice. You know what I mean? Like I I love to work hard. I really do. But the games is what I really, really, really miss. The games and, and the locker room. Uh, what I miss about ball right now and and I haven't missed a year, but if you know, if I don't find the right team this year that, you know, basically compensates me for what I feel like I'm worth, um, then I'll be re- ready to retire if I don't play this year. Um, but I, I'm definitely still I'm I'm healthy, I'm running around, um, you know, I've been training. I'm on my way to the gym right now before I pick up my kid. Um, you know, so I mean, I'm 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 in it to win it. Whoever gets me, if if I do sign, you know, they're gonna get a you know a champion, you know, on the field and at heart. You know, I'll do a lot in the community, and you know, I'll do a lot on the field as well, and I hope a lot of the younger guys. So, uh, you know, I feel like that brings a lot of value, not just me playing football. You know, so I feel like I can't I can't uh, I can't take the low ball right now. I can't do it. Well, here's another fair question. Would you consider going into coaching? No, I wouldn't do coaching. Um, I just don't like the time um, constraint. They don't really, they don't have any time. You know, I feel like during the season, us as small players, we feel like we don't have any time. But that's because we're so tired from the physical and mental preparation. But you have time to do stuff. You know what I mean? We get a day off, you know what I mean, every week. And uh, if you win it during the season, you got to maybe get a, a you know victory Monday, you know. But the coaches are in every day, you know. 
hours and hours and hours. And, you know, I hear all the stories about, oh, I can't wait to get home to my wife. I ain't seen her in like five days. I'm like, what the hell? He doesn't mean that. What the heck is going on? You know, so I, I know I don't think I can do that. You know, I love hanging with my kid, man. Like, you know, we're going to have a freaking fun weekend. And if I was coaching, I mean, this weekend would be cool because all the coaches are probably off, you know, but. You know, during OTAs, during the season, like, you just can't do stuff like that, you know. And I'm good. I, as a player, I can I figure it out, you know. But as a coach, I feel like it's, re- it's really too much time um, that you have to put in, you know. And, and I, I don't think I can handle that. And now now some of the fun questions that we always, that you and I always like to have. We, we talked at JT Thomas's uh, bowling event earlier this year about the NBA and uh, LeBron James against the Warriors. And you felt this was the year that the Warriors can go down. And obviously a lot happened from October, November to, to recently. Um, what do you, what, where do you think LeBron will end up? And what do you think you have to do to beat the Golden State Warriors? I mean, if he goes to a West uh, team, as in the Lakers, or uh, Houston, I mean, he has a great chance, especially if Lakers bring over um, my man from the Spurs and Paul George, you know what I mean? So, uh, Kawhi, and if they do that, I mean, that'll be, that's the answer to go to state, because it's always like, all right, you know, if one of them gets hot, you know, like, that's so, but what if two of them get hot, you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 the big three over there and go to state. Now, if all three of them get get hot, there's really no team that you can formulate with any players in the NBA that can stop them. But luckily, for Cleveland Cavaliers, um, a couple years ago, and also for I guess uh, I guess they didn't win any games, but this year, <laughs> but um, you know they didn't get embarrassed every night. Um, Steph had a bad night, you know what I mean? Like he had what seven, eight, nine points one game. You know, but, like, just imagine if they were all on one game. Like, what could you do? There's nothing you can do. I don't care who's on your team. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, so, luckily, they are human beings, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't always score 30 every night between the three of them. They have the, I think they have the best three shooters on, on, in the league, one, two, and three. Literally, one, two, and three. I think they have the best three shooters in the league. And maybe James Harden's a close four. Um, but I think they have the best, the best three shooters in the league. And the way the league is set up right now, I do not think anyone can dethrone them. And I thought, you know, the Cleveland team, that the team that they had with, you know, some of the pieces they had, uh, D-Wade and, you know, some of the guys that were on earlier in the year, um, I feel like if they can all play, um, and, of course, they get help from, from their big man Tristan and those guys, that they can compete. But with the younger team coming in, you know, it's basically LeBron against, you know the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, right? Because you, you like take. I put this in perspective, and tell me if you disagree. Take Sean Livingston, who is a really, really good player, but he's on their bench, right? Take him and put him on Cleveland Cavaliers. He's the second best player on the team. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 starting. Mean, he's starting on. You can yeah. throw up Kevin Love. You can throw up Kevin Love, but uh, hey, Kevin Love, he's hurt and he's always, he's inconsistent. Very yeah. inconsistent. And Sean Livingston is very consistent. He just don't play a lot, but he's very consistent. I mean, he can't cover, he can't guard LeBron, but nobody can. You know <laughs> what I mean? But you know what he gives, what he gives them guys coming off the bench. Um, you know, Iguodala. You know what he can do for them, and he's not even the top four players. You know what I mean? Like 
Their other four players are all world. They can go for 50 any night. It's crazy. Not 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 Draymond, but, you know, Draymond's going to out-hustle your hardest worker. You know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be very hard to dethrone them, and I think um, the way the league's set up now, it, it can't happen. LeBron has to go to another team, and he needs help. Because it's like at the end of the day, Kevin Durant is unguardable. He is unguardable. You cannot guard him. And if he's hot, if he's hot, like, good luck. You know what I mean? Really good luck. Because he's, if he's hot, he's going to go for 50. Yeah. And that can say the same for Steph. But Steph, he's not as big. He's, he's, you know, I, I feel like he is guardable. He can handle the ball very well. But he gets in trouble, and I feel like he's a little streaky in the playoffs, especially in the finals. Um, but KD, he's been, he's been freaking hot and cold-blooded, man. Yeah, he's, he's a monster. He's been, man, you know, and, and oh, man. It's, it's Honestly, it's really it's beautiful basketball watching him play. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be hard to dethrone him. If, if LeBron goes and teams up with some guys, that's the only way. I, you know, maybe mark this, mark this conversation down. I don't think Golden State's going to lose for a while unless they dismantle those guys. I, I can't disagree with you. And then the, the last question I have for you is you're a big hockey guy, too. You love uh, the Devils. Uh, your, your goal, obviously, this upcoming year is to get to a couple games. Um, what, do you, what do you think the prospect of uh, them building on this past season's, season's success? Well, I know they did very well. When was the last time they made the playoffs for this year? I think it was when Brodeur was still there. Wow. So yeah, it's been a while. I haven't heard of them going for a while. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a huge fan of watching the games in person. Uh, that's why I've been to the Rangers games, and um, I'm not a big fan of watching hockey on television. Um, so I don't really follow it too much. But of course, the local teams, I'm always kind of like seeing what's going on. You know, checking the records, and you know, so um, it's it's. It's so good to have, you know, the team that I have tattooed on my arm <laughs> to have them having success, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I do cheer for all the local teams. So, you know, um, I, hopefully I can get to a couple games. I know I'm going to get to at least one, you know, with, with you. Hopefully I can get to a couple, maybe several, you know, and uh, they can have a lot more success this year, man. It's always good. Winning is always good. Winning is, a, winning, winning is always good, man. Have, when you've been to a game, uh, Rangers game or anything, they put your face on the screen. Excuse me. Did they put your face on the screen? You know, they play the NFL music. There's a lot of the times I've been to. Yeah, it, they they did that a couple times. They did that. I was there a couple times. They did it most of the time. I mean, Snacks a good friend of mine. I was with Snacks. Like they'll put both of us up there, but then they'll just play Snacks as highlight. And I'm like, <laughs> Snacks, bro, are you paying these dudes? Like, what's up, man? Can I? Can I get one of my sacks, bro? Like, can I get one of my tackles? You know, but we always have a good time. They treat us good. And, you know, I know um, I'm looking forward to going into the doubles. Um, I've never been to that uh, that arena either. So that will be good to be there. Well, JC, thanks for giving me some time today. I know uh, you're busy. And, and congratulations on another successful camp this year. Uh, you've always been a class act. I know this year I'm going to miss you in the locker room. Uh, you know, hopefully you can come back. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Thank you very much again for always being a class act, and we'll definitely talk with you down the road. Thank you much, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.